0: Today is an exceptionally important day to Christians as they celebrate Easter or the day of the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. I was not raised within any kind of religious tradition and yet we celebrated both Christmas and Easter in my family. I don't ever remember discussing the meaning of the, or the significance of these holidays and certainly we didn't discuss Jesus. In childhood, I had no idea that Easter had anything to do with Christianity. Holidays for us were a time to gather with the family and spend time together sharing a meal. For Easter, we received baskets filled with candy, and we searched the house for the eggs that we had colored earlier that week. Easter wasn't an important holiday for us, and there was not the same kind of excitement, anticipation, and drama surrounding it that was present for Christmas. Now Christmas was a big deal, both celebrated and dreaded in my family. Now it made sense that we didn't talk about the Christian meaning of Christmas or Easter since my immediate family wasn't Christian. Where I grew up, religion wasn't a regular topic of conversation as it is here in the southern United States. However, there were religious references scattered throughout the culture. Things that, for me, got mixed into the larger narratives about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, which were discussed widely. There were many things that I found puzzling about these characters and the antics, along with that of the Tooth Fairy. I didn't didn't really understand why we celebrated a bunny hiding eggs, but it was fun. For Christmas, there always seemed to be an explanation that could put to rest some of my doubts, and things that seemed to confirm the incredible stories I heard. For example, I saw real, live, reindeer at a farm. While I didn't see them fly, it seemed likely that if they really existed, then they could probably fly too. It was when I was 10 years old that everything changed. My parents had always stressed the importance of truth-telling and honesty. So when the kids at school told me about Santa, I knew they were wrong. I insisted that my parents would never lie to me. That afternoon, I confronted my parents, during which my younger sister heard. And with tears streaming down her little face, she also learned the truth. I was angry, humiliated, and truly devastated. How could they perpetuate a lie for so many years? How could I trust what they told me anymore? And if I can't trust my parents, who can I trust? When I was six or seven years old, Santa Claus came to my house. I saw him. He talked to my dad. How could that be true? Having the truth didn't seem to make things any clearer. Instead, there were more questions, and everything seemed to be shifting under my feet. In addition, there was another character associated with Christmas that I didn't understand and didn't realize wasn't the same person. There were so many things surrounding Christmas that were simply perplexing. And Christmas is infused into so much of our culture, shopping, gifts, meals, cookies, decorations, festivities begin the day after Thanksgiving and go for an entire month. Easter, on the other hand, is generally celebrated one Sunday among the general Christian population and for three or four days among the more observant Christians. For me, it wasn't until much later that I began to understand that there was a religious significance to this holiday. The word Easter likely came from pre-Christian times and referred to a goddess who was celebrated at the beginning of spring or the spring equinox. The Easter bunny was likely created in the 19th century. The bunny symbolizing fertility as it could have many babies and um, bunnies hiding eggs which symbolize new life. Over hundreds of years, many different stories converged and merged to create the modern day Easter and confusing children all over like me. For Christians, this is the time commemorating when Jesus of Nazareth died and at the point which three days later he was said to have resurrected. There are several accounts of these events within the Christian scriptures. This morning we're going to hear some parts from three versions from the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'll be reading from the um, New Revised Standard Version. Authorities generally agree that the oldest written text is that of Mark, and that the writers of the other texts likely had heard the gospel according to Mark. This morning, we're going to be sandwiching Mark between Matthew and Luke. So first, let's hear the story according to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, you must say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story is still told among the Jews to this day. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's an account of what happened after the death of Jesus. In this account, there was an earthquake, an angel appearing, telling of Jesus being raised. Jesus then appeared to the women, and the women told the disciples. Within this account, we learn that an entirely different narrative is also being told by the guards. We also learn that some of the disciples continued to doubt even after Jesus spoke to them. Now let's hear this story according to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, and then the longer version of chapter, uh, verse nine. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very, very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they had been saying to one another, Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now after he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from which he had cast out seven demons. They went out and told those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After this, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness because they had not believed those who saw, saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. We'll end there. Notice that in this account there's another woman with, um, with the Marys and the women encounter a young man in a white robe who tells them what happens to Jesus' body. In this account, Jesus first appeared to Mary Magdalene and not to all of the women as was true in Matthew, and the men did not believe him. He appeared to others who also didn't believe and then to the apostles who didn't believe. And in this account, Jesus chastised those who did not believe. And so here's our final version of the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body They, returned his, they remembered his words and, re, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the 11 and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves then he went home and amazed at what had happened. Now, uh, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. And the account goes on to talk about that walk to, into um, Emmaus. Now in this version, Joanna was with the Marys. They weren't met outside the tomb, but rather inside. They were met not by an angel as in Matthew or a man in white robes as in Mark, but two men in dazzling clothes. Mary told the apostles who did not believe. Mark went to look for himself and then believed. This version also gives an extended account, which I didn't read, of the encounter the two men had with Jesus before Jesus appeared to the rest. These are narrations of events that were passed down for generations by people who are deeply committed and devoted to sharing what they believe to be true, to be the good news for all people. They were invested in getting the story correct. Between these three versions, many similarities are found. In all of the accounts, it was Sunday, the day after the Sabbath. The tomb was empty. The women were either alarmed, afraid, or terrified. They were told that Jesus was not there and had been raised. When the women told the others, they weren't believed. There are also differences between the stories and some of the details given, for example, who exactly went to the tomb? Whose name is remembered? Whose name is written down? Who gave the women the message? An angel? A man? Two men? And then who did the women tell? Eyewitness accounts have always been problematic, and yet we base so much of our decisions upon what we think we saw. To many, too many people have been imprisoned based on eyewitness testimony and later exonerated when new evidence proves that they could not have been the person committing the crime. Or we say, I'll believe it when I see it, or seeing is believing. When I was 16, I was in the front seat passenger of a car involved in a minor crash. I saw the black car coming at us prior to impact. Afterwards, I was stunned to see that the car, in fact, was not black. It was disorienting. Was that detail about the color of the car important? Not really, because there wasn't a question about what happened. If on the other hand, the driver had sped off, I I would have believed that I saw a black car, and that's what the police would have searched for. Who gets to tell the story of any event? Who is telling the story? The narratives that we heard this morning were codified according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What would we hear? How would the story be different if told from the point of view of Salome or Joanna? What parts of the event would have been most important to them to tell? What would they have written down? How would they tell the story? Deciding what is or isn't important detail can be tricky. Does it matter that the story as written reports that the message came from three different entities? What these stories illustrate so well is that there is never one story there are always multitudes of stories which are influenced by experience, context, and background of all involved. The story is influenced by all who witness the events, by those accounts they tell, by, the, by those that become written, and which ones are codified, and then further influenced by every person who hears the story. Every one of you will come away this morning having heard a different sermon. You will each hear things in the sermon that others didn't hear. I can tell you that sometimes I'm nerving for somebody giving the sermon. (laughs) You each bring your own experiences, background, context, ideas, and relationship with the divine with you, which shapes your experience of the sermon. What you get out of the sermon will be unique to you. And that is the beauty. You are the narrator of your own story. Every event in your life, you have the power to shape. You don't have to pick up the story that others are telling about you or for you. You can write your own story. What will you take away from each of the events in your life? What will you share with others? What will you write down? Which stories will you repeat? Easter is an exceptionally important day for Christians like my husband David. For him, these readings we heard today give hope. For me, these stories are a reminder that within every ending there exists a beginning Within the end of Santa began stories of others, stories of immense generosity. What stories will you hold on to? May your own story be a gift you give to yourself and to others. May it be so, amen.